0: Here Solomon goes to sleep and the Lord comes to him and he says, Hey Solomon, you're now the king. Let me ask you a question. Now that you are king, what would you want me to give to you? Ask me anything you want. But why is God doing this? Because God is testing the heart of Solomon.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible-teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us for Roll's continuing study of 1 Kings and inspiration from the life of King Solomon. We'll see that when God gave Solomon the opportunity to ask for anything in the world, he requested wisdom, and his life was tremendously blessed as a result. We'll get encouragement to seek God's counsel in the reading of His Word. Here's Raul Reis now in First Kings chapter 3.
0: Verse 5. And at Gibeon the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, now this is so cool, here he is, Solomon, first day in the kingship, and he goes to sleep, and all of a sudden he has a dream. And in this dream God comes to him. I don't know if you've ever had any dreams, not because you ate in and out hamburgers or Mexican food. But dreams are real. There are warning dreams. And there are dreams that God will speak to you through dreams. And what's really here amazing is that here Solomon goes to sleep. And the Lord comes to him and he says, Hey Solomon, you're now the king. Let me ask you a question. Now that you are king, what would you want me to give to you? Ask me anything you want. Hey, what would you do if God came to you and said, I'll give you anything you want. What do I want? <laughs> I mean, you can count so many things you want. But why is God doing this? Because God is testing the heart of Solomon. What do you want? Look what he says. You have shown me great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth. In righteousness, in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him. And you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O my Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child, and I do not know how to go out, and how to come in. How can he be a little child when he's 20 years old? What does he mean? He means, I don't know how to discern from what's right and wrong spiritually. Interesting. God is saying, what do you want? But I love how Solomon comes back, and gives testimony... Of his father David, how David truly loved and followed the Lord. And the character of David. And the integrity of David. And now Solomon here, not only shares of himself, but he recognizes that God was kind to David, his father. And that David was faithful to his God. That's what he means when he says, I'm only a little child. He means, I'm immature. I don't know how to be king like my father. Teach me, O Lord. Verse 8, And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Lord, the job you gave to me, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, look at all the people that I have to counsel, and I have to lead, O God. I think most leaders feel like that. Great responsibility. To lead a flock of people in the right way. Look what he says. Verse 8. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between the good and the evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. Notice that he did not pray for spiritual discernment but for what? He prayed for political Wisdom. Interesting. He should have prayed for spiritual discernment. It's not just leading the people. Lord, I need spiritual discernment. But this is what he's praying for. What does he say? Verse 10. He says, You're great people that are yours. The speech then pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing. And have not asked long life for yourself, or have asked me for riches for yourself, nor have asked for life for your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Notice that. Notice that he could have asked for a million dollars, and God would have given it to him. But because he asked God for His wisdom to actually discern the good and evil, and to how to run His people, God says, not only am I going to give you wisdom and knowledge, I'm going to give you money and power, and I'm going to make you famous. Imagine that. But there's a condition behind it. Look what He says. Verse 11 again. He says, nor have you asked me for riches for yourself, nor asked for life for your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See that I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. Solomon, there's only one of you. Solomon, was one of the smartest persons that ever lived. He wrote the book of Proverbs, 3,000 Proverbs. He gave us the book of the Song of Solomon. He gave us the book of Ecclesiastes. He wrote all those books. Read them. Verse 12. Behold, I have done according to your word, see that I have given you wise understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor ever will you be again after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches, honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days. Now here it is. Here's the condition for all of us. So, if you walk in my ways... To keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. You'll live a long time too. Conditional. Then Solomon woke up, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem, and he stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered, notice, a burnt offering, but this time also a peace offering, and made a feast for all his servants. Why? A sacrifice of consecration, which speaks of what? The burnt offering speaks of Jesus Christ himself. And then the peace offering speaks of my fellowship with God and others. But also it speaks how God made peace for me through Jesus Christ coming and shedding His blood for me on the cross. That's what it means. A peace offering and a burnt offering before the Lord. And now two women who were harlots, prostitutes, came to the king And he stood before him. Now God's going to test his wisdom at this particular moment. And they came in and they said, Oh, King, I had a child. I had a baby. And this woman had a baby. And in the middle of the night, rolled over and the baby was suffocated. And this woman got up. And exchanged my baby for her baby, and she took the live baby and gave me the dead baby. And the woman lied. One of them was lying. Look at the story. Watch what he says. And one of the women said, Oh my Lord, this woman, and I dwell in the same house. We live in the same place. And I gave birth while she was in the house. And then it happened the third day that after giving birth, that this woman also gave birth and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she laid on top of him suffocation. And so she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your main servant slept and laid her in her bosom and laid her dead baby on my bosom. And when I got up in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I examined my baby in the morning, indeed, this was not my baby who I bore. Notice mothers know their children. And then the other woman said, no, the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. She starts arguing. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before for the king. And then the king said, Okay, we got confusion here. The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is dead one. And the other says, No, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. And then the king said, Hey, bring me a sword. And give me the child. I'm going to cut him in half. One half for you, one half for you. And the real mother spoke out and said, Oh no, my king, don't do that. Give the child to her. And the king knew who the real mother was. That's wisdom. You see, watch. And the king said, bring me the sword. And so they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. Give a half to one and a half to the other. And the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, "O oh my Lord, give her the living child. And by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. Go ahead and kill him. And the king discerned immediately who the real mother was. Why? Because the real mother will lay down her life for her child. You see? And so the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child. She is the real mother. Give him the child. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered. And they feared the king. For they saw that his wisdom was from God. And was God was with him to administer justice. They began to recognize what? The hand of God in his life. And so do people recognize the hand of God in your life. When you make godly decisions. According to the word of God. That's why it's so important to read the Bible systematically, line upon line, verse upon verse, every story, so that we can know the stories of the Bible and know the Word of God.
1: You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Before we listen to part two of today's message, we wanted to take a brief time out with Raul and talk about next year's trip to Israel. Well, some of our listeners may not realize how valuable it can be to visit the places where Jesus walked. What would you say to someone who's hesitant about making that commitment?
2: I think if you can afford to go, I think you should go to Israel. It's going to be a place that it will give you more faith. I really believe that, especially when you go to Jerusalem and you go over to the cross where the Mount of the Skull, where Jesus was crucified. When I went to the tomb, I couldn't believe that when I walked into the tomb and I came out, it was different. When I take people there and I'm sitting up looking at the tomb, and they have a whole line to go in, that people are kind of nonchalant, and when they go into the the tomb, they come out crying, weeping, and it's totally different. Because after that, we go up and sit up and we have communion, and as we worship, it made total difference. Total difference. And then you give a little message, man, and people are just ministered to because we're getting ready that day to leave Jerusalem. But you came to Jerusalem with uh, a picture that you never intended to have. You never had it. But when you leave, you think about it all the time because you think about place from place that you went to. And when you go to that place, you're going to remember again. When you come here, hey, Galilee, hey Jerusalem, going to be more real concerning Israel.
1: Thanks, Rol. The dates for the tour are Tuesday, April 2nd through Saturday, April 13th, 2024. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com for a brochure and more information. Now, back to the final part of our lesson today from First Kings chapter 4.
0: Now we're entering into the building glory of the temple. He's getting ready to build the temple. Notice, he says again as he's entering in in chapter 4 verses 1. And so the king Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were his officials, Azariah the son of Zadok the priest. And he had appointed himself 11 chief officials over his government. And then Benaniah the son of Jehodiah over the army of Zadok and Abithiah the priest. And then Azariah, he was in charge of the palace over the household at Adoniram He was uh, supervisor of the forced labor, the non-Israelis, though they were non-Jews, to put him to work. The son of Abda, over the labor force. In Solomon had 12 governors over all Israel, who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. These are the names of Echo. They only work one month, and they prepared for 11 months. Imagine just to take care of Solomon. These are their names, Ben-Hur, not the one from the movie, in the mountains of Ephraim, Ben-Derek, and Makass, and Shavim, Beth-Shemesh, Elam-Beth-Hanan, and Behesheth and Aruboth, to him belong Sakoth, and all of the heifer, and then Ben-Abinadad, and also regions of Dor, he had... Tifat, the daughters of Solomon, and his wife, he says, and ben, a son of Ahilul, in, ah, man, forget that name, and Megiddo, and all Bethsheat, which is besides Soretan, below Jezreel, speaking of the valley of Megiddo, from Bethshean to Allah Abel, Mehala, as far as the other side of, uh, Jokhanem, and Ben, uh, Giver, in Ramoth, Gilead, to him belonged the two towns of Jer, the sons of Manasseh. In Gilead, to him also belonged the region of Argob, and Bashan, sixty large cities, which walls of bronze and gates of bars. And Ahinatah, the son of Edo, and Mahain, and Ahias, and Naphtali, he also took Uh, Besmeth, the daughter of Solomon, his wife, and Banna, uh, the son of Hushai, and Asher, and Aleph, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Pura, and Ishkar, and Shimei, the son of Elah, and uh, Benjamin, and Geber, and the son of Uri, and the land of Gilead, and the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, he was the only governor who was the land. Over with those names. <laughs> Man, that's a lot of names. <laughs> Verse 20. <laughs> and Judah and Israel were all numerous in the sand of the sea and the multitudes eating and drinking and rejoicing. So they're all very happy now. And so Solomon reigned over all the kingdoms from the river of the land of the Philistines. As far as the border of Egypt. And they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Now remember when David was king, there was wars all the time. But now that Solomon comes into the kingdom, God makes him the promise that as long as he's going to be king, there's not going to be any war, but there's going to be peace. And that's exactly what happens. What? Because Solomon becomes a type of Christ in the kingdom age. Uh, what a time of peace for a thousand years. Here is Solomon now. And check this out. Solomon's kitchen. And now Solomon's provision for one day. One day. Was 30 quarts of fine flour. 185 bushels of flour. 60 cores, 375 bushels a meal. And 10 fatted oxen. 20 oxen from the pasture, 100 sheep beside deer and gazelles and roebucks and fatted fowls. For he had dominion over all the region on the side of the river from Tithjah, even to Gaza, namely over all the kings on this side of the river. And he had peace on every side all around. So he had a lot of meals to prepare one day. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, each man under his vine and his fig tree from Dan as far as Beersheba. And Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses. Can you believe that? He says, 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. Imagine that. And these governors, each man in his month provided food for the king. And for all who came to King Solomon's table, there was no lack of their supply. Not they, they lacked in anything. They had everything. Now, this word 40,000 stalls here of horses, literally, they believe it's a copious error. If you want to make a note on this. Literally, it should read 4,000 horse stalls. And you can read it in Second Chronicles 9.25, where the correction is made. The Bible doesn't make mistakes. It's a copious error. So we correct it by looking at Second Chronicles 9.25, the true amount. And then again, he had 14,000 chariots. We have that in Second Chronicles 1.14, verse 28. And they also brought barley and straw in proper place for the horses and steeds, each man according to his charge. And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceeding great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. And thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all of wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all the men of Ethan, which Ethan was the guy that wrote Psalm eighty-nine, uh the S right? And then Heman was the one that wrote Psalm eighty-eight. And then Chaskol and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was all surrounding nations. We know nothing about them. Then he spoke 3,000 Proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. Imagine that. So He wrote the book of Proverbs and the song of songs. Now, I would recommend, people ask me, how do you read the Bible? I would recommend that you take the Bible and you kind of break it up a little bit. In the mornings, I like to do this, I like to read like my proverb for that day, what day it may be, today's dates, I read that proverb. And then I read through the Bible, and so I'm reading right now in in the book of Exodus. And then I read my devotionals, and then I spend time in prayer. In the evening, I like to read the Psalms before I go to bed. And also a chapter from the New Testament, start with Matthew. This way you're reading systematically and you can read the Bible in one year, twice all the way through. If you read it like that. Because you should be reading the Bible at least once a year, all the way through. And if you haven't done that, you need to do it. Why? Because the Proverbs will give you wisdom, the Psalms will give you comfort. And then reading through the Bible will give you the knowledge and the wisdom and to understand the stories and you can apply the knowledge and the wisdom by the things that you read and even in your own life, the things that you're facing in your own life tonight. That's how to read the Bible. So I recommend that always.
1: Today, as you think about the high value that Solomon originally placed on God's wise counsel, we encourage you to carve out time every day for the Lord to speak to you through the scriptures. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's program is available in its entirety for a donation of $5 or more. If you'd like to get your copy, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson from 1 Kings chapters 3 and 4. We'd also like to offer you Rawls' book titled, Sin, the Root of All Evil, Illuminating the Righteous, Abundant Life that God Desires for You. This resource will further challenge you to look to the Bible for instruction and strength. You'll also learn how to identify and weed out weaknesses that leave you vulnerable to spiritual attack. Contact us today to order Rawls' book titled, Sin, the Root of All Evil. To make your purchase, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a gift of $8 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves Your Radio with Roll Reese is made possible through the partnership of listeners like you. Your tax-deductible gifts enable us to keep sharing the good news of the gospel. Nothing gives us more joy than sharing the riches of the Word of God with you. And we invite you to join us next time as we look back into God's written Word for wisdom that we can put into action in our daily living. Here's Roll once again with a closing thought.
0: He says, He also spoke of trees, notice, from the cedar tree of Lebanon, even the hyssop and the springs and the walls. He spoke also of animal zoology, notice, and birds and creeping things and fish. This guy was an incredible person. He knew about everything. Everything. And men of all the nations, from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Everybody came. To see what he was doing. Everybody came to hear him. And the reason because not only the wisdom and the knowledge that he had. But of all the things that he was doing in his own life. When they heard that God was behind him. And that God was doing something in the heart of Solomon. We'll get to see when the Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon. And she's totally blown away. And she says, you know what, they told me about you, but it wasn't until I came here that, man, you know what, they didn't tell me everything about you. It's far and beyond what I imagined. Solomon, one of the greatest kings that ever lived, and yet one of the ones that became the most foolish at the end of his life.
1: This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves Your Radio in Diamond
0: Bar, California.